0: The Bogira gold mine in Papua New Guinea's Inga province is due to restart operations this Friday after years of shutdown over lease talks. It's a mine with a colourful and at times violent past, and RNZ Pacific has been looking back at some of that activity. Massey University human geographer Professor Glenn Banks began his association with the mine when it started in the early 1990s. Here's part two of our look back at Bogira with Professor Banks who spoke to Don Wiseman.
1: It was starting around 2000, but it really started to ramp up in the the last, yeah, from about 2005 onwards, what's referred to as illegal mining. And what was happening there was that initially it was the mine tailings from the large processing plant that were being panned by locals largely locals initially who were finding that the processing plant wasn't extracting all the gold from the ore that went in so the waste from the mine actually had gold contained in it and they were using very rudimentary techniques standing waist deep in these tailings getting decent amounts of gold out of that that then led to further developments where you had people entering the mine site and particularly the open pit and accessing ore so they would they would actually dig lumps of rock out of the open pit, take them back to the surrounding communities outside the mining area and process them. You could walk through villages at various points in time and you'd hear this ding, 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 ding. And that was people crushing by hand the ore that they'd accessed from the open pit, they'd then crush it down and then they'd use mercury basically to to process and to extract the gold from the from the ore. And this turned into big business, and you were starting to see significant numbers of people, up to you know a thousand, fifteen hundred people, running around the open pit at night, being chased by mine security. It, it led to all sorts of vicious episodes the mine itself has got very steep walls and people were accessing some of the old tunnels the old edits that the mining company had previously used some people were living in them accessing those to to access ore so you had people falling to their deaths on the mine walls you had fights between different groups within these illegal miners over territorial control of different bits of the the open pit so it was really, really messy and complex. And again, that kind of activity really drew in additional migrants. It was part of the, the reason why young guys would head up to Porgra was to get involved in the adventure and the potential money involved in, in this so-called illegal mining. And it was certainly illegal in the sense that they weren't supposed to be in the pit. But the locals themselves talked about these people as being local geologists. So they weren't seen by locals as anything illegal. They were just sort of another another form of mining, accessing ore that the mining company wasn't particularly interested in. And there was a third element to this, as well as the tailings and the open pit. Porker is a very high-grade gold mine. So a lot of the waste rock, the hard waste rock that they dispose of, actually still has ore in it. So you were finding, again, groups of people that would stand waiting for the dump trucks to drop the waste rock in the waste dumps and people would sort of hang around the edges of that and when the truck dumped the load of waste rock that all swarmed over it it was it was quite a sight to see not at all safe and so the the mine felt compelled to try and keep people away from that so again you had fights between security and locals trying to access this waste rock they had a fairly strong argument there or they felt they did in the sense that the mine didn't want this rock so why shouldn't they have access to it so that all created a really complex and and unstable (laughs) social environment up there. And at the same time, you had an active retreat of the national government from a lot of its responsibilities. So health and education, the the basic line was that from the government, they never really said it. It was unspoken that, you know, Pogra's got a lot of money. It's got a lot of support from uh, the mine in all sorts of areas. So why should the government really prioritise Pogra? So you were seeing the line and services up there. Public servants weren't really attracted to Pogra because of the violence that was apparent up there. So over that period of time, from the early 90s through to when I was last up there, you could see an active decline in the the level of service delivery, the level of safety in terms of people's lives. They were being crowded out of areas by increasing numbers of people and the the expansion of the waste dumps from the mine. So there was less land available for subsistence gardening. It was getting pretty horrendous and they were... There's increasing pressure locally on the mining company to resettle significant numbers of people from the mine area. And there were a number of studies that were carried out, commissioned by the mining company that looked at this, but none of them really got very far in terms of actively um, relocating people en masse from the mining area.